Okay, good evening, everyone. It's Dutchie Han Miller, and we are here with this week's episode of Kudan Radio. James is running a bit late tonight, so he'll pop in as soon as he can. Anyway, episode 139. Check that out, right? So uh, during this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the concepts of best. Excuse me. Sorry about that. And uh, tomorrow, right? Like, uh, you know, I'll do it tomorrow, right? Uh, maybe tomorrow will be better. That kind of thing, right? Um, so we're going to dive deep and um, we'll see what happens, right? I'll talk to you as soon as uh, we get through the intro. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. All right. All right. Welcome back. All right. See people are jumping on in the different locations, Facebook and YouTube and all that. So fantastic. Like I said um, before the intro, James is running a little bit late. So uh, pardon me if I miss a couple of things because I'm trying to do uh, the techie stuff and the um, the me stuff. Right. All at the same time. There we go. That would have been a James thing right there. So anyway, <clears throat> All right, so hopefully everyone's doing well, uh, those of us here in the Western world, right? We've got a holiday coming up, a couple of holidays, actually, back-to-back, and um, pretty interesting. At, uh, into the new year, uh, it was uh, January 2nd, right? So that uh, Kuden, uh, I'm going to do a little bit uh, a little bit of a discussion on um, New Year's in Japan and how that kind of stuff uh, kind of goes and happens and all that kind of stuff, right? So, but anyway, um, had a couple of uh, questions and comments uh, that have come in, not just this week, but they they come in all the time, right? Um, so have you ever heard someone, maybe you were trying to give them some some advice or they're, they're dealing with a problem or there's something they really want to do, right? There's some place they want to go. Uh, there's people that want to go and visit Japan, you know, and train. Uh, there's people that want to, you know, just training the art. There's people who want to do all kinds of things, right? Well, there's problems we're trying to deal with or whatever, right? And so you offer them a suggestion, right? For just like, just do this little thing just to get started, right? And uh, so you tell them, right? And then they say, what? Well, it's just not the best time for that, right? I'm waiting for a better time, right? I'm, I'm waiting for the best time. Uh, to get started, I've got this going on. I got this going on, and they, they, you know, they name off a couple of things, or they could name off a whole friggin' scroll worth of stuff, right? So, uh, you know, it's just not the best time, right? Well, okay. What if it was? What if it was the best time? Right? That's a question that I have for people, right? What if it was the best time, right? And you missed it. What if it was the best time, and you didn't know what best looked like? So you missed it. What if it was the best time? Would you still act? Right. Um, best is one of those, again, just like the title of the episode. Right. It's one of those things that I, I throw in the category of myths. Right. 
myths are things that we'd like to believe to be true, right? Or for whatever reason, right? Have inherited the belief, right? And it may serve us, right? But is it real, right? I mean, myths are myths for a reason, right? Call them folklore, call them whatever you want, but, um, you know, and that's the question, right? If it was the best time, would you still do it? Or would you, would you do it anyway, right? Um, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times, right? That, you know, COVID for as terrible as it, of a thing that it was, right? And for some people still is, right? But the whole shutdown and all those kind of things, right? Um, one of the things that I told my students, the ones who were still training during and afterwards, um, was that if nothing else, even if COVID didn't kill a soul, we had something else happen, martial law, whatever, right? And we were all locked in. People didn't have to leave their house. They didn't have to, you know, drive home, eat, get changed, decide whether or not they wanted to drive to the dojo after that. They didn't have to do anything. Right. They were working from home. Hell, a lot of people weren't working at all. Right. Getting free money. Right. So if that wasn't the best time for people to train in some way. Right. Because. Whether people want to admit it or not. Right. People put all kinds of conditions on things. Right. Like, you know, it has to be the best time and it has to be only this much money. And it has to be somebody that I like or click with. And uh, it has to be uh, in a form that I accept. And uh, just all kinds of crap, right? Right? But COVID proved that even if you didn't have to get off your ass, you could have just done this, right? The dojo, now we were we were poised, right? We were already set up because of all these things that I do for my long distance students, when the dojo was forced to close down, it took a flip, of, a flip of a switch, right? We simply went from sending out emails to long distance students to sending out emails to local students. Here's class time, here's what we're working on, right? Here's the access link, see in class, okay? I lost 75% of my active students in the first two months of the COVID shutdowns. Probably even less, uh, shorter a time than that. Okay. They didn't even have to leave home. All they had to do was like click a link, follow along for an hour, sign off, go back to your life. So I think that best, one, I think that best is a myth. It's an illusion, right? There's no such thing as best. I'll talk about that here a little bit more, um, in a bit, but, um, I think that best is another one of those things, uh, like someday, okay, um, that's a cop-out, okay, because if I can give an excuse, you know, or a reason, let's use the word reason, because, you know, if we call it an excuse in today's world, right, people get all butthurt, even though that's what they're doing, right, you can change dictionary definitions all you want, but it is what it is, right, so, um, but people can 
can give that as the reason why now's not a good time. Right? Has there ever been a good time? Has there ever been a best time? Has there ever been perfect um uh, uh perfect situation, perfect um uh timing or anything like that, right? Um maybe. Right? Again, I'll talk about that here in a little bit, right? Um but that's just a way to push things more into tomorrow, which is another one of those myths. Right. Tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. The favorite word of procrastinators. Right. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. Now, we all have a procrastinator side, whether we want to admit to it or not. I have one. Right? The difference is that uh, I look at the guy in the mirror and I go, you get off your ass and get it done. Right. Because it needs to get done. Right. So but tomorrow. Right. Think about that. I know we have it in our language, and I know what we're referring to, but I want you to think about something. Right? I believe this so much to be true that um, uh, I had it engraved in the wedding rings. And here's the irony, right? Uh, it was supposed to be a lifelong, forever kind of thing, right? And, um, well, I'm no longer married to that person. But I believed in it so strongly that I had it engraved in the wedding rings okay and what it said was until tomorrow okay the idea is you know i'll love with i love you i'll be with you whatever until tomorrow okay um but the secret is is that tomorrow never comes ever right there's never been a tomorrow outside of fantasy land outside of um you know this idea in our head about what tomorrow is, right? I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow doesn't come, right? When tomorrow comes, it's to, it's a today, right? It's another today, right? So if you can do it in the today that's going to be, you know, on the calendar, right, a day forward, if you can do it tomorrow, why not just do it today? Well, you know, I got too much stuff to do. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Drop some of your stuff, right? Because unless everything is moving in the direction you want to go, maybe not, right? But anyway, right? So there's this, there's this, there's this myth, right? So we'll talk. Let's talk about tomorrow for a bit. Now I'm going to come back to the, to the best thing. This is something that a couple of teachers uh, kind of shook me awake with, right? The tomorrow part is you know, the reality that. Um, how many how many tomorrows have we aimed for, right? I'm throwing myself in, in with everybody else. I don't think that I'm on some kind of pedestal. How many tomorrows have we aimed for, right? Until one day we look back at all of our yesterdays and realize that, shit, I've been meaning to do this or I've been wanting to do this for, I'll use the word months, but that's being nice. Years. Okay. And we're still no closer to starting or to restarting or to taking that next step, prepping for that next belt, right? If you're actually operating by any kind of standards, right? Um, are we any closer than we were all of those other yesterdays? 
that way back in the day were tomorrows that we were shooting for. Right. I told this story in the past. I, I've, I've had a couple of students, but I've only ever had one that every year when we were planning our trip to Japan, he would always say it was the same thing. I mean, I could have written out the script and when he went to speak, I could have held it up because it was the same thing every year. Right. It was like parroting. Right. He would say, there's no way I can do it this year. Right. But I'm definitely going next year. Right. Every year. He said the same thing, right? Um, psychiatrists, psychologists have surmised, figured out, whatever, as far as the science goes, right? That we do that to take the pressure off, right? We say we put things off till tomorrow or to next week or next month or next year because it takes the pressure off. And see, now I don't have to think about it until then, right? We can tell ourselves that we're giving ourselves more time than we need, but in more cases than not, it's actually a stress reliever than an actual part of a plan. Pretty interesting, huh? Right? So this went on <laughs> for several years. When I say several years, I mean, it was the ninth year that he looked at me and finally said, you know, I'm never going to go. So I might as well just tell you that I'm never going to go. Right. Because I don't do anything to get myself any closer. Right. In the beginning, it was intention that I, I really was going to go the next year. But then that just became habit. And, and it just, then it just became easy. Because I didn't want you to look badly at me, right, or look at me badly um, because I wasn't doing anything to move forward, right? So it was a convenient, expedient answer. That was pretty cool because at least it was honest, right? I've already done this, this work and I've already asked myself this question, but I'll just say it out loud. How many times have we done the same thing to ourselves until, if we're not careful, we end up believing the lie, right? The want it just isn't strong enough, right? So why not? Well, you know, we've got this other fallback, right? So maybe tomorrow's you know, a myth, and you can buy into that belief or not, right? But tomorrow really doesn't come, right? You wake up, it's not tomorrow, it's today. It's another today. It's the only thing you have to operate with, right? Let's go back to the best thing, right? It's not, it's not just not the best time, right? I got this, I got this, I got this, right? Um, money's not there. There's no teacher. There's no school near me. Uh, live training is best. Um, why? Why is live training best? Well, you know, because my teacher in real time can t really, right? If we set up a Zoom meeting and you demonstrated something right in front of me, the only thing I lack in correcting you and making sure that you're doing things correctly is to grab your body physically and put you into the position you're supposed to be in. It's the only thing lacking. 
Okay. So, but either way, right? I don't have this. I don't have this. What do you have? Well, I, I, I really want to do it. I don't think you have that either. Okay. Because we find a way to do the things we really want to do. We find a way, right? I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with that stuff because it's not about intention tonight, right? It's about best and buying into these illusions, right? These myths, right? Because everybody's done, everybody says it. Everybody does it. So it's easy to hide within the masses. I can't remember who said it, but one of these quotes that I just I thought was great. I just heard it again uh, this last week. Um, they said, uh, the surest way to be wrong Right. Is to be doing the same thing everybody else is doing. Right. Pretty cool. Right. Anyway. Well, maybe not. But since everybody's doing it. Right. And it's all part of the language. Then, you know. OK. But since you don't understand. Yeah, I do. Okay? I've said this over and over again in, in private lessons with my inner circle guys. I've said it on Kuden. Right. When you tell a teacher or you tell somebody that they don't understand. Maybe that's not the problem. Maybe the problem is that they do understand and, you know, we're just not willing to listen. I know I've been there, right? So, anyway, what was the, what was the lesson last week? Oh, yeah, the best question you can ask a, a mentor, right, is uh, what is it that I believe to be true that isn't? Yeah. Because that'll break us right out of that. I can do this myself. I can learn it myself. I can, I can, I can. Uh, you can only go as far as your beliefs, knowledge, and and viewpoint, and perspective, and all that kind of stuff will take you. Right? And then you'll hit a wall. Okay? Yet we have mentors because they're already, they're not just, they're not just skilled, and they don't just know the knowledge that we want to have. And again, this is something that I, I don't know is, is all that really well understood in this Western world drive up window convenience culture, right? Well, he already knows, he knows some stuff, so I can learn from him. And then that guy over there knows some stuff. And that, okay. I want to train with people that know this stuff that I want to not only know the stuff that I want to learn, but are already the kind of person I want to be, but they know it so well that they can't not do it. Right? That's just that's not, not just somebody that knows how to do an onikodaki. That's just not somebody that knows how to do an ichimonji. That's not somebody that can parrot back a phrase in a book. Right? They, they live that way. Right? They act that way. I just had a student, um, we, we were having a little discussion and I ask the question, which I do quite frequently of students uh, who want to train in, in, in my group, right? Um, the question is, why me? And I don't mean, why me, right? I, no, okay? You reached out, right? Why me? And the answer was, every engagement we've ever had, every interaction, you always said something or throw out a perspective or whatever that I never even considered, right? It was every single one of them was valuable. It was never, it was never just a back and forth discussion. 
it always made me have to stop and think. My response to, to those kind of things is always, well, I don't go out of my way to, to do that. Right? It's just the way I see things. I'm not asking you to see it that way, but you asked for my perspective, so this is what came out, right? And more often than not, which is the way it should be with a mentor, it's why I choose the mentors that I do, right? Um, if they're telling me things that I already know, then I need to be either asking questions. I need to change. I need to ask better questions, right? Or I better be doing some research in other areas because I'm running in circles, right? Or the person that I'm asking can't help me. They don't know any more than I do, right? Or they do, they know barely more than I do, right? So, you know, uh, and I get it, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know, I was always going after the best, right? But it wasn't the best teacher. I need the best that I can arrange for or make happen for me now. Sometimes money was an issue. So what's best based on what I can afford now? Sometimes time was an issue. What's the best that I can do or work with or make happen now, right? So I, th I think the myth of best is, is that people are looking for, we've been taught, that it is it is the top, right? There's no better, right? And if we can't live up to that or we can't jump on that or we can't afford it, we can't make time for it, or we have a lot of self-doubt and we don't think that that person will accept us or whatever, right? Then, then what? Then we go into waiting mode. Then we go into um, pessimistic mode or whatever, right? But even if best did exist, which I don't believe it does, we'll talk about that in a minute, right? Um, what, how about if we just, how about if we just shift it a little bit, right? Okay. What's what's the best that I can afford or manage or whatever now? Well, I can't train for more than, you know, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I'm so short on time. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I can squeeze in 15 or 20 minutes a week. Great. Because the longer you go without squeezing that 15 or 20 minutes in, you're just pushing the start line farther away and you're not only depriving yourself of the skills you could be developing but you're also screwing out or screwing over all the people in your immediate world that could benefit by you having those skills okay and you are further honing the procrastination tomorrow whatever habit patterns the more we do it, the better we get, the easier it gets. You want to know what you're really, really good at? Look at what's really, really easy for you. Right? Forgetting, not memory or not remembering things, right? Well, I got myself a day planner, but that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Well, I kept forgetting my day planner. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, right? Um, but what's... I'm going to back that down. 
before we continue on with this, let me let me jump on something I, I just kind of alluded to, right? That I don't believe that there's a such thing as best, right? Uh, I actually got this from a, from a mentor. It took me a little bit to get my head wrapped around it because you know we we've got these conventional black and white translations of things um, from childhood, right? Best means this, right? They got first place. They were best. It's not until later on, if you really think about it, right? They were best of the contestants or of the participants in this particular game race or whatever was being done. Okay. And today, everybody was ever so slightly off, right? Somebody didn't know that he had a flu pen or, you know, uh, working on him and he just hasn't shown outward, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, symptoms yet, right? Uh, but in a day or two, he's going to be throwing up or, you know, in the bathroom one way or the other, right? Or muscle aches or whatever, right? But it's working on him and it caused his, you know, whatever, right? But we stop at, well, you know, they were the best, right? Everybody ran and they were the best. Of the participants today in this group at this particular time, right? Are there people that can run faster than this guy that got first place trophy? Um, do they exist in the world? Maybe. Probably. They just didn't choose to be an athlete. They don't like contests. They don't like games. They think lowly of themselves. So no matter how fast they run, um, they'll think they, they, they believe that they'll never win anything. Right? There's lots of people that have all these kind of things going on, right? But here's this, here's this thing, right? But best, right? What if we achieved best? Well, shit, everything's downhill from there. Or we're going to be fighting to maintain things, and that's not possible because we'll be aging. As we age or an illness comes along or whatever, right? So I stopped aiming for best a long time ago, right? And it was at the suggestion of this mentor, but... I got the logic, right? What if we stopped aiming for best in that context? What if we started aiming for better than yesterday, right? Better than the current baseline. What is the baseline, right? Um, those kind of things, right? So if we do that, then we can develop the 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 principle or the the idea or the belief or whatever that I'm willing to give up good for better. I'm hoping that everyone is willing to give up crap for at least okay. Crap for, well, it's not perfect, but it's better than it was. Crap for good. Crap for good enough. Right? Good enough for now. Right? Because this is the mentality, right? This is a, this is a, this is a way of, of living, right? And it doesn't make anything that we have just something we accepted. Well, this is good enough for now. Right? Because that's, that's pessimistic. Right? No, this is, this is good enough, right? This is, this is taxing on me. This is making me think. This is making me work. This is something I can work with based on schedule, money, whatever, right? Whatever the conditions are, 
this is good enough, right? I, I get through this, right? So, but I keep my mind on the idea that when this becomes easier, I need to up things a notch, right? When I can do this easily, when I can do it conveniently, then I'm going to stop growing because it's not a, it's not a test anymore. It's not a task. It's not a trial. It's not a challenge, right? That's why we get bored, right? Things aren't a challenge, right? Some people, well, you know, they don't want a challenge, right? But they still have a challenge, okay? It's kind of like uh, uh, antisocial people, what do you call them? Um, oh, what do you call these people that are um, nonconformist, right? Um, one of the coolest things a teacher ever told me um, we, we were in this little class setting, right? And um, he said, you know, Ninja were nonconformist, right? Yeah, right? How many in this group uh, consider themselves to be nonconformist, right? Like 80, 90% of the hands went up. And he goes, you know, you're in a group, right? Well, I mean, we're here training in Ninja too. No, no, no. You're in a group called nonconformist. There's the irony. Nonconformists think that they don't belong to any particular group. But you do. You belong to a group called nonconformist. Just because you're spread out all over the country, the state, the world, the province, wherever you happen to live, right? And you don't live, you know, your neighborhood is not surrounded by nonconformists, right? Nonconformists are still part of a group, right? Same thing with people that avoid challenge. Not avoiding challenge. The challenge is how do I avoid doing the work that everybody expects me to do? Right? They develop a whole different skill set. It's quite the challenge to be lazy and get away with it. It's quite the challenge to to uh, make other people believe that you're too dumb for them to ask you for help. Wow, how brilliant you have to be to be able to manipulate all those kind of things, right? And then somebody new comes into the circle and whatnot, and you've got to figure them out so you can explain things just the right way that they'll buy the story. That's the challenge. These people are like, oh, no, 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 I don't want that kind of responsibility. I'm not, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing challenges. I want my life to be easy and smooth. Man, what a skill set they must have. That's pretty cool. But again, it sounds contradictory, right? It sounds um, uh, counterintuitive, right? But it's not if you can see things from a, from a, different perspective from a bigger perspective as opposed to this this uh childlike it's either this or that if it's not this it's it's that right um we all know what a, uh, a um, dilemma is right a dilemma right dilemma right we got a choice between two things that for all intents and purposes seem equal and we can't choose right we have a dilemma right which one do i do do i do a or do i do b right in Mikyo, we have something called a quadlemma. Do a piece of paper here. This will work. Maybe I don't have a pen. My laptop, my case here. Portable desk is what I have. Oh, let's see. Don't get bored too soon, right? So signing off just because. Sensei's not entertaining you fast enough. Huh. Thought I had one. 
Hi, doesn't matter. All right. Apparently, I left them in other places. All right, so a quad lemma. A quad lemma, um, this is one of those things that I was introduced to, to discover the truth that um, is actually in between these things, right? Everybody's looking for a hard truth, something that's fixed, right? It's kind of like, oh, I don't know, any one of your skills or techniques in this art, right? All the things that people think are fixed, this is the official thing, this is the right way. It's still just an expedient. It's a place to get you started, right? Those who hold on to them, and Hatsumisa, these are Hatsumisa's words, not mine. Those who hold on to those forms, right, will never get it. Will never get it because they're, they're going to get stuck in this thing that was an expedient to show you or to point the way kind of thing, right? But anyway, a quad lemma. So if I have a, if I have a, a dilemma, right? I'll just use a couple of things here. What do I have? Do, 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 do. Uh, we'll use this, right? So I've got this case right here, right? So uh, we'll call this A and we'll call this B. Hey, look, it's a target, right? Call this B, right? A dilemma is which one, which one, which one, right? A quad lemma is those two and these two, okay? So um, what you would have is instead of A and B, right, A, B, right, what you have is plus A plus B, um, negative A or minus A minus B, okay? So in a quad lemma, you're <laughs> – you're not just trying to figure out which of two things, right, to start with. And I always tell people, right, if you've got a dilemma and you're not sure which one to do and they're both equal and that's your problem, pick one. We'll see, then most people run into the problem of, what do we want to be wrong? What if I choose the wrong one? You can't, right? You can't choose the wrong one. You will choose one and then immediately start getting input and feedback. It's like picking a technique or something of the of the two or three options that are present in front of you in, a in, in, a, in an engagement with somebody, right? Okay? Unless you know squat about your techniques other than how to do it as a white belt, right? Step over, put your arm over, da -da -da, do this, right? But if you if you know that my arm placement all the way to my elbow relative to his arm and all that kind of stuff, right? makes a mushadori a good option or not, right, then you'll know whether or not you can go for a mushadori, right? Not knowing that if his arm crosses the crook of my elbow right here and puts my elbow outside of his arm, it's going to be really, really freaking difficult to, to execute a mushadori unless we're doing soft training and my uke is helping with the dance. Okay? But if he's resisting, if he's moving, all that kind of stuff, right? I need to have a straight line, right, across that arm, either initially or as I move. But if I move and control him with my forearm and my elbow stays outside his lower arm line, I'm never going to get over there, right, in the heat of a fight. It's not a good option. But if I know what those two or three options are, and they're all equal, I'm going to pick one, okay? And if I'm paying attention and not just assuming, I'm not just jumping on something, you know, like I'm just going to, you know, throw freaking mud at the wall and hoping that it sticks as a piece of art, right? If I'm paying attention as I move, right, 
I'm going to realize whether or not it is working or it's not working. Okay? It's not about whether it was a good idea or a bad idea. You can never only ever operate based on the input you have or the information you have in front of you at the moment. So as one of my teachers, Shidoshi Molmstrom, used to say, warriors make decisions. You don't worry about whether it's a right decision or a wrong decision. You wouldn't make a wrong decision having the information in front of you. Nobody sets out to go, you know what, let's be a fuck up today, right? Let's, uh, I, I know all this stuff is going on, but um, yeah, uh, let's do something that doesn't have a chance of working. Nobody does that, right? Now, you may find out that your skill, your understanding, your skill set, whatever, is not what you thought it was. But the reality in a situation is things are never as clean as they are in the dojo. So I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm making this decision, right? I begin, and then I start getting feedback, right? And if I have learned to not be married to any given technique, even if I chose it, right? And I'm just what well, all I'm going to be doing is making a decision, another decision, another decision, another decision, right? So. The question is, what do we do next? What do we do now? What do we do next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Right? Not right or wrong. Okay? We don't set out to make wrong decisions. Okay? Mistakes are mistakes because you thought, based on the information you had, you thought that was the right answer. Right? Um, and it turned out that you were missing some information or you didn't apply the right amount of effort, energy, whatever, and... You know, it didn't turn out the way you thought it would. Okay. But, and that's a whole other lesson, right? Mistakes, right? People make mistakes. Well, I'm never doing that again. Well, shit, why not? If Edison can burn through, pun intended, right? What? A thousand different freaking materials to, before he hit carbonized, or carbon, carbonized paper, right? As the initial material for the incandescent light bulb, right? That, <laughs> if he would have stopped where most people stop, well, that was a mistake, never doing that again. Okay, does that mean that the project's over? Well, either somebody else would have picked up the torch, pun intended, or we'd all be living in the dark and we wouldn't be doing this either. Okay, because our computer screens and the light emitting diodes and all that kind of crap that's going on, right, is a natural extension of the development since he got something to glow inside of a vacuum filled ball of glass. Right. So anyway, um, uh, so anyway, with a quad lemma, right. Let's get, let's get back to quad lemma, right. Quad lemma, right. What you find out is that it's not, let's say it's not plus a, right. But it's not, not that. Have you ever dealt with something or have you ever tried to explain something where, you know, somebody says, well, you know, here, well, here's this thing, right? We'll, we'll borrow this, right? Okay. So um, is it a rectangle? Well, no, it's not a rectangle, but it's not, not a rectangle. I'm sure there's an exact scientific or geometric word for this shape, but it puts us in the ballpark, right? So it's not a rectangle, but it's, not not a rectangle okay well is it is it black well i mean it's it's not all black but it's not 
not black. I mean, it's on the black hue. And you just keep rolling this stuff around, right? But what you're, what you're trying to describe is something that you can't describe by its boundaries. In Taoism, it's called, uh, the lesson is the uncarved block. Okay? And so the idea is to describe, um, like you have this block, right? And then there's a hole drilled in it, right? And the lesson, let's say, you know, here's this hole, right? Okay? So the lesson, sorry for those of you on audio only, I'm holding up little pictures and stuff. But hopefully you get this right. So, um, but the the trick, it's not really a trick, right? It's to get your mind to pop so you you start to get right how this stuff works, right? The the I'm going to use the word trick as an expedient. The trick is to define the hole without defining the wood around it, right? Define the space that makes up the hole. Right. And you find out that you can't. Right. Or you're describing anything. Right. Is something big? Is something small? Is it long? Is it short? Right. Well, what's it around? Okay. This is in Mikyo. This is in Taoism. This is this is a universal truth kind of thing. Right. It's 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 about things being subjective and relative. No thing exists in and of itself. Right. So anyway. Again, not going down deep, deep things here. Let's get back to this best, right? Um, how about if we start with something that's doable, right? I mean, most of you know, if you've been around for a while, right, you know how lofty my goals are. I mean, they're just freaking ginormous, right? And if I get close enough to accomplishing them, then I just replace them with other ones, right? And when I say lofty, I mean, they're so freaking big, there's a part of my brain going, what are you nuts? Right? How's that even possible? Okay. But I build them that way and I make them that way because it forces me to figure out the answers. It forces me to figure out how to make it happen. And for a lot of folks, getting the training, taking the vacation, whatever these things are that seem insurmountable, it's no different. It can seem smaller than some of my goals or whatever, but in your world or in the person I'm talking to in their world, it seems just as big because part of their brain is going, there's no, no freaking way. How's that even possible? Right? I don't know. I don't even know how I'd approach that. Okay. But what's missing isn't a lofty vision or a small vision or whatever. What's missing is the personality trait that will figure it out, that will find a way. It's not describing all the reasons that it can't happen. Right? And so it needs, well, it's not the best time. It's not, it's not the best teacher for me. It's not the da, 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 whatever, right? Or um, it's being held off to tomorrow or next month or next year or whatever, right? You know, all that stuff that relieves stress, takes the stress off, okay? No, this is about growth and it's about accomplishing big, ginormous freaking things. So it, it should hurt. It should be frustrating. Right. Because we're working when we do that, when we create challenges for ourselves, challenges for ourselves and we create um, things that cause frustration and all that kind of stuff. Right. What that does is it triggers our fight, flight or freeze mechanism. Right. The adrenals kick in and all that because we are wired to resolve problems to make the stress go away. There's there's a 
way to get around that in a cultural um, in a cultural construct and social construct like we have, right? We learn very early that if we just don't move long enough or we complain long enough or we whine long enough or we piss, moan, whatever, long enough, somebody, whether it's an individual, entity, social service, whatever, will come along and relieve the pressure and pain because, you know, they're compassionate and they're trying to relieve our suffering. Great. And then we want to do something like this that is uber personal and nobody can just hand it to you in a box. Nobody can just hand it to you on a platter. And now we're completely unskilled, incapable of doing what needs to be done because we're not used to handling challenges. Okay. So anyway, best is an illusion. There is no such thing as best. And you can argue with me all day long. We're not going to argue because I'm not, I'm not having that debate, right? Um, and even if it does exist, I'm not, I'm not aiming for something like that, right? Because best insinuates that there's nothing better. So if I, even if I hit best, then I stagnate for the rest of my life. That sound like all that fun, right? Lazy people think that's, that's cool, right? So, um, but what is best? What's the best thing I can, I can get now? And even if, even if that grinds on your brain, right? Okay. What's good enough for now? What moves me in the direction I want to go now? That's best for now. Is it better than a moment ago? Yes. Great. I just traded up good or acceptable, which is what most people handle. Most people call good acceptable, right? They don't call good acceptable. They call acceptable good. Well, that's good for me, right? Those work for me. Okay. That means we don't have to work very hard. Okay. But they just trade it up. We just trade up. Okay. And then we get really, really good at that. And then, you know, things happen, right? And we go, you know what? I got some time on my hands. I could do more of this. Great. Now, I only have time, you know, today, but, you know, for the next two and a half weeks, man, I'm going to be working double time at work. The kids have the flu. Um, <laughs> I just started hearing a song in my head, right? But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. Um, so, uh, but today I can do extra, right? Um, you know, I, I can't do anything. Man, you know, until the kids go to bed, man, it's just not quiet. Well, okay, then do it after the kids go to bed. Well, by then I'm exhausted. Well, then get up 15 minutes to 30 minutes earlier. Well, I love my sleep. Well, see, now we're not talking about best. We're not talking about tomorrow. We're not talking about anything other than I'm not willing to do what I must do to be and do and have what I, what I say I want. Right? A Nico teacher and several Ninpo teachers all called this baby magic, right? I either don't believe I can do it of my own accord. I don't want to do it of my own accord because I'm friggin' lazy. I don't believe I had the capacity or whatever. But 
if I could, man, somebody could drop a cake right in front of me with some candles and I could make a wish and blow those candles out and poof, or somebody could wave a magic wand, or if, you know, um, Rich Aunt Minnie could just die and will me that million dollars, whatever, right? Then everything would be great, okay? So it's, there's always this external thing. But I'm betting, I know this to be true because I used to be there. I'm pointing myself to the people on in the, pod, uh, the audio podcast. Um, though that, per, that personality type that's waiting for the gift to be given so they can have and do and want and be, right? Um, nine times out of ten, it's probably more than that, right? Um, are blamers as well. That when they don't get things or they can't do things or whatever, um, it's never it's never their fault. It's always somebody else. Okay, this is not easy, not even a little bit. Okay, but anyway, so let's let's start looking at this at the solutions of things, right? Or the solutions for things, right? Um, it, it's it's looking right now that like uh, James is not going to make it, but that's okay. So let's wrap this up, right? Uh, and I will try to get to questions and whatnot. I might have to flip a button over on my side. We'll figure it out. Anyway, so tomorrow, okay? It's not that we won't have to do things that I can't fit into today's today, right? Like, you know, I want to master Nijutsu. I want to master Budo Taijutsu, Nippo Taijutsu, whatever you want to call it, right? Okay? Not happening in a day. Okay, great. But what part of it can I work on today? Well, you know, there's no harm in letting things go until tomorrow because, like, I'm exhausted today. Okay? Okay. Again, what I say earlier, right? If I keep moving the start point or if I keep moving the, the doing point, right, I'm not just putting off how, you know, because once I start, right, it's going to take time from the start point, Right? But if I keep moving that, not only am I am I not developing the skills for myself, but I am cheating the world. I am cheating those people that I love or that love me or that look to me for safety and provision and all of those kind of things, right? I am cheating them out of the benefits they could be having because I developed the skill or the knowledge or the understanding. And that goes for everybody that, too, well, the, the people I was going to say, that goes to everybody that's, that's training and practicing for ego reasons as well, um, because they're not thinking about how their actions affect others. But in reality, the egotistic, self-centered, I want to be the guy kind of thing, right? I don't care about anybody else. I want to have the skills. I want to be the best. I want whatever, right? They're actually going to be more prepared to help other people in spite of themselves than the person who has the best of intentions but keeps crippling themselves because it's not the best time. It's not the right time, right? It's just whatever, right? You know, and we talked about this earlier. Well, I talked about it. You listened, right? Best, right? Even if it was best, right? Even if you had the best moment. Have you ever, have you ever had one of those? You have the best moment. You go, okay, now, I'm going to start now, right? What happens, what happens an hour from now, tomorrow, a week, right? And then these words follow out of our mouth, right? God, 
there's always something. Yep. Get used to it. There is and always will be something. So you need to act in spite of those things. If now's the best time, but, you know, in a, in, in a week or a couple of days, right, my job's going to change or whatever. If you had, you had this ESP where you would know, right, would you not start because, well, now's the best time, but like in a couple of days, dude, or in a month or whatever, I'm going to get screwed. Well, shit. Why bother? And this is what, these are the things that get in people's way, right? Well, there is no best, so why bother? Um, there's never going to be a best time, so why bother? Um, you know, uh, whatever, right? I, I keep putting this stuff off, and so I'm just going to keep putting it off, so why bother? Right? They act as though the conditions of today will be forever. I listen to that shit all the time, right? Because my work schedule is what it is today, because my bank account shows what it does today, because the relationship dynamics that I have today are what they are, then they're going to be the same tomorrow, next week, next month. Well, sure they are. If you don't do anything to freaking change it, but to, to make decisions and to not set goals and to not do anything because, you know, and here's, here's an example of the dojo. Um, when parents are enrolling their child, right? Normally we start off with an introductory program. Could be a couple of classes, could be like what we're running now is a six week uh, kind of thing, right? Um, something that they can work on and see results pretty quickly, but it's a pretty specific kind of thing, right? But then, if they're going to stay, then they move into our, you know, black belt training program. We call it our mastery leadership program, right? And so one of the questions I ask the parents is not why are you enrolling your child or I'm just doing a sales pitch that this is, this is the greatest thing since like martial arts ninja Swiss cheese, right? You should definitely sign up your child. No. What do you want your child to get out of a program like this? Okay, great. Okay. But what I hear from them is they want to fix things now, right? He, he or she needs more confidence. Da, 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 da. Okay, great. That's all fine. Whatever they name is fine, okay? So if we can get a handle on that, how will that affect things? And they'll talk and they'll give me a response. But, again, it's always present tense. So at a certain point, I have to stop and I have to say, okay, let me rephrase this. When your son or daughter graduates from high school or from college and goes out into the world, what kind of man or woman do you want to see that would make you proud? That would that you would say, yes, that's what I want for them. Not that you're going to make them anything or whatever, but you, you want to give them certain skills that will produce what? The answer is almost universal, right? I want them to be strong. I want them to be able to protect themselves. And I want them to be somebody that other people can depend on. There's no mention of occupation, any of that stuff. Great. That's what we start working on now, right? Because I don't sell martial arts lessons. I sell a vision. But I don't really sell that. 
what I do is I, I know our stuff well enough that I know that that's what I'm offering parents. I know I know what I'm offering adult students. I know whatever, right? But as long as you're only focusing on, well, they're going to learn onikudaki, they're going to learn how to do an ichimonji, they're going to, great. And what are you going to be able to do with that? Well, he's going to be able to protect himself. From what? Or from anything. No, ichimonji doesn't work against anything, right? Onikudaki is not applicable all the time, right? So, but self-sufficiency, all that kind of stuff, right? It's cool stuff. But I have to take the parent out of the everyday world of what they think they're trying to fix now and get them to think about, well, why, why do you have them go to school? Why, why are you teaching all these lessons? Why the manners? Well, so, you know, when they grow up, people won't want to punch them in the face. They'll actually be, you know, a contributing member to the group that they're in. Great. Okay. So what's that person look like? All right. What kind of skills or traits do they have, right? So they can, they can sum it up. So it's a future projection, right? Future projection allows you to operate now, okay? In the future, I would love to have the best conditions. I've never had the best conditions, okay? I'd love to have the best conditions so that I can more easily da-da-da-da-da. Great. So I don't have them today. What can I do today? Same questions that I had when I was in military service and low ranking, low man on the totem pole kind of thing, all, you know, all kinds of things against me. Right. OK. Um, you know, I would love to be able to move my teacher's dojo and train there all the time. Well, great. Except that you still have four years out of a seven year or six year commitment. Right. To fulfill. And you can't. You can't get more than 30 days off at a time. Uh, you can get four-day passes. Um, oh, and by the way, you're married, and you have two children, and they're in country, and you got to make sure that they're taken care of, and all that kind of stuff is going on. Okay, so what can you manage? What can you do, right? How will you have to negotiate with the spouse? How we whatever, right? So all these little factors, okay? Nobody's going to drop a freaking ninjutsu magic wand on me, right? So that was a different condition. Then I get out of the military and I'm, you know, working as a temporary employee, uh, you know, for rent, basically, right? I'm working for a, uh, an agency that companies would contact and, you know, the agency would know what your skill sets were and whatnot, right? And I was I was at a distribution warehouse for the better part of a year, but I was at other places for a day or a couple of days or a week and a half or whatever because it was as needed, right? Well, that's a whole different set of things, right? Um, money was really, really tight, right? How do I train? Okay. I hold up on those magazine and book pages and look at those things and practice in the mirror and you know, whatever, right? What can I do today that will keep me moving forward? Or what can I do today that will get me started? Okay. We have to stop. It, and here's the thing, right? If you truly do want to be a ninja or you want to be this master or you want to be a warrior, whatever. These are not just words out of a freaking dictionary. Right? We want to be these things because they're not common. They're not every day. They're not 
Joe Jackwagon, you know, simple kind of things, right? We, we, it makes us feel like, yeah, warrior, yeah, ninja, you know, yeah, samurai, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> but we, but we want to act as though we can get those things that are, that are supra normal, right? That are, that are so far above what is conventional and normal. And we can do that by doing the same thing everybody else does. It's not possible. It's not possible. Right? So we need to stop dropping myths. We need to stop. Well, the first thing we need to do is figure out which, what things are holding us back. Right? And you may not know yourself because you're, you're too involved. Right? It's hard to be wise when you're, you know, knee deep in the shit. Right? But we can go ask other people. Right? What do you think slows me down? What do you think stops me? Hey, look. Sorry, you guys can't see him. I can see him. He made it. Looks like he got a haircut too. Anyway, so I just got closer to bald. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, what, what's doable, right? Because whatever's doable, that thing. I, I think I told this story a couple of episodes ago. Maybe it was was it in Kudan? James, you can nod now because you're you're on. Was it Kudan or was it an inner circle lesson where I was talking about um, I was talking about this nutritionalist, this. Uh, uh, human biochemist that I used to follow. His name was Covert Bailey. And um, in one of his books that he had, was it in, was it in a Kudan? Yeah, see, you don't remember either. Okay, so um, uh, in one of his books, right, he had a list of exercises, right? And the baseline was a 20-minute jog, okay? You burn so many calories uh, during a 20-minute jog, right? And so if you walked, you would have to do, what was it, 40 to 60 minutes, depending on your pace, right? And then he had these other exercises, right? And what you found out, that they, they, you know, so that one went up, right? But the rest of them went down, right? If you did, you know, I can't remember all of them, but if you did these exercises, right, same amount of calories, but it would take you, you know, so let's say jogging took 30 minutes and walking took an hour, and then the next one down was – you know, you only have to do that for 25 minutes and 20 minutes and whatever, right? And then the lowest one was jumping jacks, right? Or former military guys, right? Side straddle hops, right? You only had to do nine minutes of jumping jacks to get the same cardio benefit as a 20 to 30, uh, 20 to 30 minute jog, right? And so, and only and the first minute is the warm up, and then it's eight minutes actually in cardio to give you the same benefit, right? So then people are like, oh, okay, so that's best, right? So that's the best one. And he would say, no, no, that's not the best one, right? That one takes the least amount of time, but it doesn't make it best. It might be best for you, but it might be the worst thing you could ever start, okay? The best one is the one that you'll do and stick with. I had that same conversation with my Miko teacher, Reverend Jikai, um, a peer of mine um, started right about the same time I did. And I used to have to uh, drive uh, from eastern uh, Pennsylvania across PA, Ohio, 
into Indiana uh, because he lived in Indianapolis, right? He had moved from St. Louis, uh, Cape Giro, something like that, right? Anyway, so moved a little bit closer to me, made it a little bit easier, right? It was only a nine-hour drive instead of a 13-hour drive, so that was cool. But, <laughs> right? So um, uh, I, I went this one time, and then I was just kind of checking in. So, you know, how's, you know, how's my friend? He goes, oh, he, he quit. Like, wait, what? He said, you know, he's having a problem reconciling what he saw as contradictions, um, but we had this discussion about, I gave him an exercise to do that was from Zen. And he said, well, well, I, no, no, I, I, I want to do Mikio, right? Mikio is best, right? And he said, well, it may be best for you, but none of these are best, right? Pure land, Zen, Mikio, whatever, right? None of them are best, right? Just because it kind of works this way, right? As the teachings go, the teachings also get more and more complicated um, and harder to understand if you don't have a certain aptitude level. This is not knocking anybody else, right? What you need to do is find, uh, find you know, what will work for you, right? But anyway, they're having this discussion about best, and uh, my peer kept arguing about best, and Mikio was best, and, uh, you know, here's this Mikio priest going, um, no, 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 none of them are best. Okay. The best one is the one that you can understand, you can apply for you, and that you'll do consistently. And that's why there's so many different forms, so that there's something suitable for everyone, regardless of aptitude, experience, means, whatever, right? And that was just one too many contradictions that my friend slash peer could handle because he needed to be doing the best thing. And he quit. So how do you find enlightenment when you think you're smart enough or wise enough to choose the things that are supposed to get you there, but you already believe that you're there to the point where you're going to decide what lessons you you need to learn. Oh, shit. Right? So, anyway. So, best. What's best for now? Right? Okay. What's good enough for now? What will work for now? Right? What will work within the conditions that you have? Not forever. Right? If If it's the same thing forever, then either we're not really studying or we don't understand the lessons we're learning or we're not applying the lessons which should naturally produce change and it's going to change in one one of three directions right it's going to move laterally things are going to look different like you could learn different locks to the elbow so the technique looks different but the principles and concepts that make it work are the exact same right it's going to improve or it's going to um uh harm your skills but either way you're getting feedback right and then you make a different decision right so if i'm if i'm moving laterally okay great right so at least i'm adding to my skill set but what will bump this up a notch there's the question right if it's backing up then i go no no no. i stopped doing that thing it's making me back up that should by default put me back at the old bench benchmark 
right? And I'll try something else to move forward. And if I'm moving forward, I'm going to double or triple down. Okay. We just ran some ads for the, for the martial arts school and I threw things out and, um, they started picking up immediately, right? Um, except for one of the, one of the three, it was the same message, right? Same thing offering to parents and all that, right? But I made three different pictures. The wording on the picture was the same, but the pictures were different. One was a class picture. One was one of students in uh, white uniforms and one was students um, in uh, red, red and black uniforms, right? Our mastery leadership uh, students, right? And so one of them like didn't work well at all. So I immediately turned that one off, right? As a matter of fact, it was costing me a lot, right? Turned that one off and immediately reallocated that money across the other two that were working at a good rate. And I, so I doubled down on things that were already moving in the right direction. Right? If I had the money, I would have tripled or quadrupled down on it because if it's working and it's moving in the, in the direction I want, then why would I not put more time, effort, energy, resources or whatever into that thing? Because it'll accelerate the progress. It'll accelerate the growth. Right. That means I've discovered something that is scalable. Okay. So if I develop a routine, right, let's, let's go back to the me that can only, you know, eke out 15, 20 minutes collectively a week. Great. Okay. Let's do that. How's that going to work? Well, I could probably do like, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes a day, two week, two days a week. Right. Okay. Great. Commit to that. And then when you have extra time and don't know what to do with myself or you find yourself about to click that binge button, right, on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, right, and who's to say you can't watch it, okay? I have a screen right in front of the treadmill, right? Binge watch the classics all day long, right? Distracts me from the pain, <laughs> Because my knees and hips with the arthritis, I don't like that very much. But anyway, um, but then if I have extra time, extra resources or whatever, right, I can double down, right? I found an extra 10 minutes. Great. Train for an extra 10 minutes. But at least we have the baseline, right? We'll never fall back. Well, maybe, right? I got ill. Kids had a play, whatever, ate into my schedule. Okay, great. I at least got one in this week. Or what can I do? Right? Can you imagine if Hatsumi Sensei always had to have the best conditions to train? You know he didn't, right? You know he lived half a or a third of a country away from Takuma Sensei. Right? Took an overnight train. They didn't have bullet trains when he started training with him. Right? He developed uh, stomach and intestinal cancer long before most of you were even born let alone in childhood, right? And was preparing for his own death, but still kept training through all those things. Shrey Sensei, one of the teachers that I trained with in Japan, um, almost blew himself up, okay? He was the vice president of research and development uh, at a manufacturing company in uh, Notoshi that makes powdered metals, that coats metal, toys, Whatever parts, right? Could be car parts, could be whatever, right? 
stuff's really, really fine. Okay. It'll ignite. Right. Okay. And that's, that's what happened, right? There was something that went amiss on the production floor and it caused an explosion and he ended up in the hospital. Right. Blind. Okay. And once he was able to move his body parts, um, he found it easiest to sleep during the day while the doctors and nurses were poking and prodding at him, trying to get him to eat and all that kind of stuff, right? And then during the night, he would be awake. And even though he was blind, right, he would climb out of bed because they were only doing the rounds every once in a while, right? He'd climb out of bed and practice. Of course, it's dark in his room, but it was dark anyway because he was blind, right? So, um, but he would practice because that really allowed him to focus on balance and positioning and sensitivity and all kinds of stuff because that was what he could do. That was best then, right? And I know these are only stories, right? And I don't understand everybody's individual condition, but I find it very difficult to believe that, um, you know, one guy that we all look up to, right, was able to train in spite of the, the very rare possibility that he'd be dying soon. So what the hell's the point, right? But still kept working on things. Still kept teaching his students and all that kind of stuff, right? And another guy who almost got blown up and was blind and in the hospital could figure out how to continue to practice in the hospital, but everybody else is still waiting for best. Everybody else is still waiting for tomorrow. Tomorrow's not going to come. It's just going to be another day. The question will be, on that day, right, will we be so involved in whatever it is we're doing to move forward that we're going to miss the fact that tomorrow didn't come, we're still just moving, right? Or will it be another day where we're just lamenting that it's one more day we're not doing this thing that we say that we want to be doing. And best is bullshit. Okay? Best is, it's an illusion, right? It's subjective. Okay. The question is, what's the best that you can do with what you have? Because that's what we do anyway. Right? The question is, are you going to spend the time, effort, energy, and resources lamenting and complaining and wishing, or are you going to engage your ninja faculties and develop a plan and figure it out and make it work for you at least expediently now. I can't answer that for you. My job is to ask, not to answer. I have a whole bunch of questions that I have to answer for myself because I'm on this journey. Just because I'm in front of you doesn't mean I'm not walking toward the horizon myself. All right. Welcome, James. How you doing? Sorry. Anyway, all right. Uh, who's on? I, I was going to try to figure out if I could bring the chat thing up, but um, who do we have? Questions, comments, anything? See, it is James. It is. Uh, looks like Lee's on, has a few questions. Awesome. Um, I just got to read them off my phone because it's not the chat didn't update when I logged in. But I got him. Oh. All um, right. He said the goal of best is unobtainable. The goal of better than yesterday is measurable. 
if best is impossible, then good enough is what we can do in the moment? Question. Yeah. Um, factoring in what you're able to do, right? I mean, um, like I said, I've had conditions in my training career where money was finite. Um, here's a happy little story, right? Where I lost a thousand dollars. Well, I didn't lose a thousand dollars, right? I just never got the thousand dollars back. So, uh, when I was, uh, in the U.S. Army, was stationed in what was then called West Germany, right? Cold War soldier. Um, wife, two kids living in country with me, right? Very fixed salary. Um, how the hell am I going to come up with this money? Not just for the seminars, but the transportation, all that kind of stuff, right? So what I did was I took out short-term loans. I would go take out a loan, sign up for, well, I didn't have a choice, right? But to sign up for payroll deduction, so a little bit at a time per pay would come out to pay it back, right? Just in time for the next seminar. And since I had good credit because it was paid back, another short-term loan. Well, one of these short-term loans came around, took it out, was in the bank account, got ready to send things off and start to, you know, purchase whatever I needed to do, right? And, like, there's only $300 in the bank account. What? I turned to wife at the time. <laughs> wife? What happened to the money? Well, I had a friend, and they're really in dire straits and everything, so I loaned it to them. And, um, you know, they're going to pay us back. And, um, uh, no. Okay. I, I, okay. So whatever. Right. Um, going to pay us back next pay. Okay. Right. So just put me a week or two back. I'm, I'm planning far enough ahead. This is all good. And then it comes around and there's no payback. And. I get another story. And I said, no, 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 see, this is easily fixed. We're in the military. All I need is a name. I submit it. Payroll deduction gets me my money back. And then I find out that my wife used the money. And not for anything that was, well, let's say it was enough to create an ex-wife condition, okay? But it's the same thing with teenagers, right? They just don't think big enough, right? Um, so uh, so what did I do? Well, I paid that loan back just as I would have if I'd have done the training, but I spent more time going through my notes and rereading books and all that kind of stuff because that was the best that I could do during that time to recover from that situation. I couldn't change any of it. And that was the best that I could do. But I didn't throw in the towel. I did not train. I didn't, you know, piss and moan and whatever, right? Um, that was actually the first part of then moving into some other military things that were going on. Again, I was a Cold War soldier, so... 
there were things called alerts and all kinds of things that as a military policeman um, and I was on a SWAT team and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there were lots of things that tied me up for about a year and a half. And then conditions changed. Had money. Went to a seminar. Walked up to my teacher. Hadn't seen him for a year and a half. And he went, hey, it was nice to see you. I thought you quit. Okay. Apparently, I didn't do everything I could have done. What I could have done was maintain written, because we didn't have email and texting and all that kind of stuff, written correspondence with my teacher on a regular basis to kind of let him know where I was and what was going on. But I didn't. So he was left to believe that. Right. And I said, military things, whatever. Okay, great. Well, it was good to see you again. Right. And then I had to re-earn the trust back because, you know, other students have been training for a year and a half. But I had been training for a year and a half as well. Okay. The result of all that training, but not going to any other seminars or going to my teacher for personal training or anything like that, resulted in me going to a Shadows of Vegan Ninja Festival as in 8th Q? 8th Q. So only a couple levels up from White Belt, right? And at that time, there were little pockets of time that were set aside for students to do demonstrations. And then, you know, if they qualified based on the skill sets they were supposed to know and all that, then they get promoted. Okay. Um, so I was only testing for one level up. But because I didn't have the full structure, didn't go to these seminars, didn't ask questions about what went where, right? All I had were my notes and things that were in books and all that, that based on my limited knowledge, right, I put this stuff together, right, and just, I just trained on all of it. I just, because rank didn't matter, what mattered was training and developing and, and getting better and all that, right? So I did my demonstration and jumped from 8th Q to 5th Q. And that's a 7th, 6th, 5th, right, 3 Q jump, and um, rank wasn't given uh, honorarily in those days, right? There was a set syllabus, just like I have in my dojo, right? So the, 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 can you imagine what would have happened if I just, you know, thrown in a towel or just lamented or didn't do anything or had that change how much practice I did or didn't do? Oh, the other thing I did during that time uh, was I established a training group. The other thing I did during that time was I contacted another teacher who I thought would be, in all honesty, cheaper, right? And I had a better relationship with him, right? And I hosted two seminars on post in West Germany to bring him over for weekend seminars and became the go-to guy within the military community for people that were training in need to, like, people that drove hours to come to be in my training group long after my teacher had left, right? Did I do it to become a teacher? No, I did it because I needed bodies. Did it because I needed training partners, right? Did it because I needed to keep working on things, okay? Right? Did I uh, just, you know, call up my teacher and go, hey, you know, come on over. No, nope. how much is airfare? How do we need to break this down? 
for student tuition for the seminar. Now, who do I need to contact to get permission to do the seminar at the rec center or wherever we're doing? What do I need to sign? What do I need to, right? It was the beginning of a long uh, list of skill sets that I've had to develop so that I could not lose a martial arts school during uh, COVID, like so many others tried up and went away, right? Um, or to be able to communicate well um, in a way that most people have no idea about because I'm not telling people what lineage we train in and I'm throwing a whole bunch of Japanese names around or whatever, um, the skill set of, of ferreting out information and understanding what different student sets want goal-wise and knowing which ones we can't help because they're looking for something we don't offer and being able to communicate those other things that we can in a way that speaks their listen. And then being able to structure ads, being able to structure all kinds of things, right? So that um, what I end up with over the course of two and a half, three weeks, 51 uh, leads, um, you know, uh, and enrolled six, seven, seven or eight of them already, um, and I'm still in contact with the other ones because uh, I have lots of things to send out or say or whatever. And a, a good chunk of them will probably enroll after the new year anyway. But either way. So, but I didn't sit on my ass. I didn't rest on my laurels. I didn't lament. Oh, she spent all that money and I couldn't go to training. Was that true? Yeah. Did I use those words every once in a while? Yeah. Did I use that same tone? No. It's pissed off. Right. But I resign myself to the fact that this is what I have. It's what I can work with. I'm just going to double down on it. Right? Okay. If that means I'm working the same five techniques for the next six months, I guess I'm working on that same five techniques for the same six months. But the question is, what can I learn from each technique that I didn't know before? What can I discover? Right? What's, what's better? Not what's best. I already know those. Well, okay, then you're, like, perfect with them. Well, I wouldn't say that I'm perfect. Well, then there's room for improvement. Okay? What can you make better? Okay? Again, a long time ago, I stopped aiming for best, and I started looking for better. What will make me better? What will make this skill better? And the word wasn't always better. More effective, more efficient, right? More effortless, right? Whatever. Okay. What else we got? Actually, it looks like that's it. His, I thought it was the second question. He just reworded his first question. Okay. Hopefully that was helpful. And Lee, I'll talk to you again tomorrow night anyway, because tomorrow night's our weekly coaching call. Uh, and next, uh, this week is, who's this week? Weapons week. Weapons week. So unless people in my inner circle group toss out some weapons that they've got questions about, I guess I'll come up with something, right? So anyway, uh, Lee said it was helpful. Thank you. Awesome. No worries. Yeah. So again, you know, part of, part of what the past masters passed down, that was P-A-S-T masters, P-A-S-S-E-D, right? English sucks. Anyways, (laughs) part of what the past masters passed down um, 
was way more than technique, way more than skill, at least in combat fighting things, right? Um, learned this a long time ago, probably late 80s, yeah, mid to late 80s, right? When a teacher told me uh, they were, you know, showing scrolls and not the den show with the techniques, but the makimono, right? Said so one of the biggest things that you could ever get your head wrapped around that will make the biggest difference is to understand that these people weren't just teaching you how to fight. They were teaching you how to think. They were teaching you how to become a problem solver. Okay. It is amazing to me. This is a huge ideological, ideological, ideological kind of thing that's going on these days. People are screaming for the world to change. They can't even make their own damn bed. Right? They don't even have their own freaking house in order, but they want to freaking fix the, the woes of the world. If you can't fix small problems, how the hell are you going to fix big ones? Right? If you can't create a small success, how the hell are you going to build the Taj Mahal? I'll wait. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Jay? You obviously survived your weekend. I did. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Lee suggested kunai for a weapons topic. For kunai. Good one. I guess it's going to be kunai. Right? Awesome. Kunai. We have to have a, a wooden mock-up of the kunai in the, in the dojo. Every once in a while, I use it for knife training. Because it has just more, more heft to it. <laughs> so when I smack on something, it's not just a light piece of wood, right? But kunai, kunai's a good one. That's awesome. All right, you win. He said so woohoo. What's that? He said woohoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Kunai, yeah, kunai it is. Right. Okay. Name one. Uh, this is a, a pop quiz for everybody, right? If you know what a kunai is, right? Name one modern version of a kunai that is readily available in most department stores. Um, and they even have child, uh, children's versions of it. You'd probably find them in mm, at least 20% of the houses in any, um, any neighborhood. Lee said, "Hori, hori." In today's world, <laughs> <laughs> talking about today, a modern version of a of a kunai. The kunai is a utility tool, right? For digging, boring, all that kind of stuff, right? Okay, my mind immediately goes to a gardening trowel, right? Just any anybody that plants. I don't care if it's like flower boxes or got a little thing in the yard or whatever, right? Just those little mini shovels, right? That you can use those for the same thing, slapping, cut with them, but it doesn't have an edge. It's just thin, right? Digging and stick it in the ground. And set, anyway, we'll go into that tomorrow. Right? So anyway, um, anything else? Maybe what I'll do is I'll make tomorrow's inner circle uh, coaching call. Let's make that a Christmas gift for everybody. So I'll post the information out, and everybody's welcome to uh, join in. So I'll be teaching on the kunai, 
thanks to Lee. And it will also be an open Q&A uh, session as well on me, no cost, okay? Uh, and uh, yeah, then we'll go from there. All right, so uh, I think that's it, right? Anything else, James? No? No, sir. Okay, cool. All right, well, that's it. I will talk to everybody again. Uh, is it next week? No? Maybe. I haven't decided on the 26th. So uh, at the moment, there is no um, kuden on Monday the 26th unless I change my mind. Right? It's kind of, it's kind of like that book uh, around with somebody at the dojo Saturday, maybe. We were talking about um, the one Shrek uh, cartoon for the kids, right, where um, he robs some noble in a carriage, right, steals his clothing and all that kind of stuff. And he says, I will repay you unless I can't find you or unless I forget. And then he rides off. <laughs> so, anyway, um, unless I change my mind, um, uh, there probably won't be a kuden on uh, December 26th. So this is the last one for the year, unless I change my mind, right? Otherwise, uh, I will talk to everybody on January 2nd for our first one for the new year. And the topic for that one will be wrapped around how the Japanese see uh, Christmas and New Year's, how that's opposite from the way we see it traditionally, not progressively, traditionally, right? And uh, uh, how the Japanese interact. Uh, during that whole New Year's thing and, and the meanings behind that and all that. So it'll be a cool little thing, right? So that's it. That's all I have. I will talk to everybody again uh, next time. I'll just say next time, right? On Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at onlineninjaacademy.com.